Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Time and Relative Opinions in Space. And I'm joined by my partner in time. See what I did there? Very Mr. clever. Sean? Yeah, Mr. Sean Campbell. How's it going, Sean? I'm so excited to talk about this episode. <laughs> yeah, we, we are. We are so hyped for this episode. Thrilled. It's unbelievable. But you must take the rough with the smooth. <laughs> Do I, I like in this episode to say you've gone away for work and the first night they put you up at the Hilton, but the second night they can't afford it, so they, they put you up in a Premier Inn. It's still That's a good it. night's sleep, but it's nothing spectacular. Yeah, it's, it's true. I think it probably doesn't help that it comes straight after Dalek as well, which is like the best mm. one. That's and what I mean. It's Dalek's like the Hilton, and then, and then this game's like the premier in okay but nothing nothing special especially when you think what comes after it's it's in a weird place this episode it seems like it's yeah sandwich uh, between two really good episodes yeah because you, you got dalek and then you got this and then you got father's day and then you've got the really good um like empty child story hmm. this one feels like it should be in with the like sort of slovene bit <laughs> but yeah, but it can't be because of uh, a certain character that uh, tags along in this one. Yeah. So, True. we're here for, I mean, episode seven, The Long Game. As we were just saying, it's not a terrible episode, but it's also not really the most interesting. And we Written start... by the show itself as well. Sorry? Russell T. Davis wrote this episode himself. Ah, as well. right. Just to, just, you know, just to give... I mean, not credit where it's due, but people do rag on Stephen Moffat. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not every, not. I, mean, I don't think I've ever watched um, a series. You know, a, a what do you call it? A series of multiple seasons that don't have at least one episode that's a bit on the dodgy side. To be honest, oh yeah, of course. Especially when you've got our, especially these American ones, and you've got like fifty thousand. Uh, episodes yeah. to a yeah, to a season. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going, going, going. Like, the Walking Dead is still going. That's insane. But <laughs> that's probably why Breaking Bad so fondly remember because it ended. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's the same with one more of a cult one. But Angel, the spin-off of Buffy, that ended after only five seasons, and a lot of people thought it had more legs in it. So that sort of helped that keep her. Uh, Keep it more yeah. fondly remembered. Leave them wanting more, you know. Exactly. But anyway, let's get let's get into the episode. They uh, sort of materialize in the year. Is it two hundred thousand on a on a space station? I think so. Yes. Fourth um, great and bountiful human empire. That's it. Yeah, but things aren't quite right, as we find out as uh, our characters. In fairness, as much uh, as explore. the opening scene of it's probably one of the better ones. Uh, it's just quite a nice little interaction between the Doctor and Rose. Uh, yeah, um, Rose is clearly trying to impress Adam, so the Doctor's just like wingman, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah, Adam, who um, was rescued from the last episode, Dalek, is is still currently tagging along in this episode. He is that, yeah, and Rose is trying to chat him up until he faints. This bit. Yeah, puts puts her. That's the deal breaker. Puts her off him. 
But I mean, well, Rose is a good um, Rose's delivery. To be fair, is actually quite good when she's um, when she's like, well, judging by the architecture, I'd say we're in the air two hundred thousand and da, 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 actually, but she she she's a better liar than I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, I'm also glad Adam doesn't last much longer because he's not really the most interesting of characters to be. Nah, not really. What's funny is that once you get to it, there's something that could have made him a little bit more interesting. But I'll, we'll get there when we get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is that. But yeah, as you say, and it's uh, the doctor explained to them both that it's you know the, uh, a time of fine cuisine and great um, politeness and all and all that. The all these little um, shack, food shacks opened, and you get the hustle and bustle of people trying to push in for all this. Uh, fast food and the doctor's looking a bit confused yeah he says his watch must be wrong and rose rags him about his history being wrong i mean it's just a work break in it like Adam yeah <laughs> well by everything but it's uh yeah it's not quite you can tell by his face it's not quite how how things should be um they, they ask about a cronk burger don't they and he says something about well, you need credits for that so using his yes. sonic screwdriver, he gets a big block of credits and hands it to to Adam, doesn't he? Yeah, and this proves to be a, a bit of a mistake. <laughs> but it does, you know. So for as much flack as Adam rightly gets in this episode, it is. I think it's important to know when we watch it. Like Adam is at first really cautious and he doesn't really know what to do and he's like asking questions. And it's the doctor who says, "Well, stop asking questions. Just go and do stuff." True. So, true. In fairness to Adam. You know, he was under instructions by the doctor. Just like, well, don't you know? Don't you don't need to run everything by me? Just go and do stuff. I'm not saying that justifies everything Adam does, but you know, it's a, you know, I just thought it's a fair point. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, he, he's still he's still very naive and makes uh, some quite bad mistakes, really, doesn't he? Or one he big mistake. <laughs> we get there. We also see another reference to Bad Wolf because they have a Bad Wolf channel. Yes, with the face of Boo being pregnant. Yes. <laughs> um, another another little glimpse of the face of Bo then, or cameo appearance. Yeah, bit of a recurring uh, character becomes going forward. You meet two important characters for this episode as well at that point, don't you? With yes, them? we do, yeah. Suki Mc... Matria Cantel and Kathika. Yeah, I mean, I because uh, you want to write a name for Floor Five Hundred, and please do. As she says, <laughs> <laughs> and the Doctor starts asking them weird questions, doesn't he? And I say, well, and then it looks a bit odd, but then she guesses, like, "Oh, you're a test from management, aren't you?" And then yeah, the like, yes, I am a test from management. <laughs> shows the old, um, oh, what do we call it? The psychic paper. Psychic paper. That's it. I was going to say telepathic, but I was thinking, no, that's not right. Psychic paper, that's it. So, yeah. So, um, they uh, they go to show him, um, well, how they do things, don't they? He's yeah. Like a, like a test, as like he calls it. Through, become, like, being, like, you know, under the guise of him wanting to know company policy and things like that. But it's just to give him a brief on why. He's trying to work out why the human race is behind the times, as far as he's concerned. Yeah. And we also see Simon Pegg looking down from above. Yeah, as he's watching, uh, someone's wrong, someone's wrong. And obviously, uh, you you think it's the 
going to be the doctor, but it's it's not the doctor, which we'll get to in a minute, that he uh, points the finger at, at Star, does it? I think we also get the first mention of Floor 500 during this little conversation. Yeah, so, walls are made of gold, and uh, that's where you go uh, if you get It's just like a promised land sort of cliche thing, you know? Like, yeah. I can't, I can't think of any off the top of my head in fiction, but there will have been countless versions of, like, where you promised, like, you know, you promised to get to this. Yeah, uh, there's paradise, and you don't, and it doesn't exist. Have you seen the island with um, Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor? I haven't. Well, they're like clones, and they're 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 promised uh, to go to this better place, and you wait to be chosen, but you're not. It's just a cover because you go and your your organs or whatever are harvested for the for the real you that's paid for this clone in case they need. Uh, you know, a, a new kidney or whatever. So oh, yeah, it's a, it is a trope that is used on uh, on sci-fi quite a bit. The promise of a better place that isn't actually a better place. The afterlife, you know. But uh, <laughs> moving on from the philosophical discussion of it. <laughs> um, also, Simon Pegg for the reference. Um, he's uh, talked about it. He said he grew up watching Doctor Who and said it was an honour to be on it. He was really happy he could play a bad guy on Doctor Who, which is nice at least that something good came out of this. Yeah, and, he fulfilled, um, uh, filled, fulfilled a lot of his childhood dreams, doesn't he? He's been in Star Trek and uh, Star, Star Wars. Wars, so yeah, he's he's ticked off a lot of boxes. He's he's been very fortunate, and but he deserves it. You know, he's very talented. He you know helped. Absolutely, I mean, he, he would have been. Re- I mean, I know he's not unknown because he had done Shaun of the Dead by this point, but um, he, he certainly wasn't the Hollywood. Um, the Hollywood star that he is now. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead was the thing that really sort of kicked things off for him and got him noticed, wasn't it? It was that, and he'd also been in an um, in one of those big finished Doctor Who audiobooks called The Invaders from Mars. Oh, I did not know that, actually. Yeah, uh, I haven't listened to it, but I mean, most of the big finished books are good, so I imagine that one is as well. They are, a lot of them are worth well worth a listen, to be fair. Yeah, go listen to that instead of watch this episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't. But um, yeah, as um, she sits in a chair, this little thing in her head opens up. Which I remember thought thinking it looked pretty good back in the day, but it, again, the effects do look quite dated in 2019. But that's uh, par for the course, really, these days. Effects move on and and improve year in year, don't they? Yeah, with the chip type too, do you mean with the with the head? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. the little thing. Little, uh, <laughs> Apparently, um, originally Russell T. Davis wanted the like the entire cranium to open up, but then somebody like, told them, "Well, you don't have the budget for that." So they had yeah, it might have been it. a bit. It might have been a bit much if you're aiming it at kids as well. To to be fair, just I'm not quite sure. Someone's head. I'm not quite sure they would have quite gotten away with that. Um, but anyway, the doctor again I mean, is back. I, I, I just didn't like the the idea of this didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I know it's like <laughs> I know it's like um obviously you you just sort of suspended disbelief for it. So I don't like I don't I don't need to make complete logical sense, but it's it's something like they use like the information gets transmitted into her head, but then she can't remember it when she wakes up and so it's just being used as a processor 
but then why not just use an actual computer rather than someone's brain? Like I just didn't, I didn't understand. <laughs> Don't know. Maybe it's faster, more efficient. Who knows? But again, you you do tend to overthink these things. <laughs> I do. I do. It has been known. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. And as they're doing this, you see Simon Pegg again. He's saying someone's not right, and he's talking to these like zombie. I can't describe anything better than like zombie type people. They were sat in chairs, and he's giving them instructions. And you also see him looking up to the ceiling and uh, chatting to someone and calling them sir. So yeah. someone else is I mean, overseeing things as well. I will say Simon Pegg's probably the best thing about this episode. He's another one of these characters who I've noticed it a lot since we've been doing this, like the Joseph Green and the uh, Van Staten and now Simon Pegg's character, the editor, as I think he's called. Um, you can tell they're having a lot of fun playing these like ridiculously cheesy roles. Like, yeah, cheesy in the right way, but like. they probably knew when filming it. I mean, Doctor Who was a big thing; it was going to be presented as a big thing, so it was perhaps their chance to get noticed and get more work as well. So, you know, you want to give a a really good performance. Yeah, true enough. And I suppose if you're someone like Simon Pegg who grew up watching it and really wanted to be in it, then you would have. But you know, you'd have a bit more of an incentive to give it your all. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, when you're a fan of something, that that again makes you want to. Want to do even better. Um, and then, hey, you'll have to remind me of the scene after this because I can normally keep up with it in my head, but I can't remember what happens. <laughs> yeah. Info spikes. Oh no, um, that um, last gets promoted, doesn't she? <laughs> well, yeah, we we see them discover that Suki is uh, the imposter one, and um, yeah. That's when they say, well, you know what we do with imposters? We promote them. So, again, you, you, that's just where you start to learn that promotion isn't, isn't necessarily something you want on Satellite 5. Yeah. And that Catholic is standing out there. Come on, say my name. Say my name. Oh, say my name. She, probably, probably, probably. She's properly affronted, isn't she? But it's, I've been applying for three years. You've been here five minutes. She's, she's, she's that co-worker. I think we all have that co-worker. And if you don't have that co-worker, you probably are that co-worker. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So She um, says goodbye to everyone, and then the mm, doctor, the doctor's like, we're talking like you'll never see her again. And then she's like, we'll be gone. Yeah, and that's you get called up hmm. to floor 500, you never come back, which uh, should send alarm bells ringing, really. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a. It's going to say part of this episode that like, it's it's like it. I'm not going to say the way they do it's necessarily interesting, but what they were going for being like you know the news controlling everyone and like making people more suggestive is like, you know, that's kind. You know, that, well, I don't want to say kind of a real thing. It is a real thing. You know what I mean? But like, it's just kind of it's not really brought in enough, and it's just sort of like. Bleh. Yeah, and we, we have a little bit of a scene with Adam and Rose, and he's, he's I don't know if he is um, freaked out or he's pretending to be freaked out by what he's seen, and he's uh, not too yeah. keen on it, is he? No, um, yeah, and Rose goes in the TARDIS key to be like, well, if you need to go, yeah. take it easy, go in there, and then he's like, oh, yeah, because it's so much, <laughs> it's so much better than that. <laughs> and uh, 
it's worth pointing out as well. I quite like the line. In hindsight, I like the line. It's gonna take a better man to get between you two yes. when you know when you know Captain Jack's looming in about two episodes time. <laughs> Like a better man, you say. <laughs> so yeah, he, he he tells her to uh, stick with the doctor, and he'll uh, go and go on deck. But uh, he's that's just not his plan at all, is it? Not at all, no. Uh, you find out floor five hundred's a lie afterwards. Only that woman has a look around, and there's bodies there. Yeah, yeah, we get to that. She's um, uh, yeah, bumped into like. Various skeletons in different rooms, doesn't she? It's all sort of dark, like like some sort of horror game, really, isn't it? When you're walking around with a torch, yeah, it does kind of like that. Horror, like the it does, it does come across like that, that, yeah, like sort of fun house things, actually, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, for what it's worth, as well, I thought snow on a space station is quite a cool aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, it, it, sort of well, more sort of things. like frost, isn't it? Really. Uh, yeah, but it kind of like snow, sort of falls but, yeah. top and it looks a bit like stone. And then she... And then yeah. really, you do get a fun scene with Simon Begway, like he's going through this girl's bio. Yeah, I was it's, about to say, she bumps ah. into Simon Pegg eventually. And he, he introduces himself as the editor, so this is the first time we get any sort of name for him, isn't it? Yeah, yes. And yeah, as you say, he's he shows her these bios. He goes, it's good, but a lie, or something like that, and just got a liar. Hidden behind some sort of. The truth's hidden behind some sort of graph and graft, and she's actually the last surviving member of the Freedom 15. Whoever they are. Yeah, some sort of. <laughs> like all I could think of when I said that. Yeah. Like, it's pretended um, to you if you're supposed to know who they are, and so well. Uh, I mean, yeah, you get the idea. There's some sort of yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the name pretty much tells you what they are. They're some sort of anarch- you know, freedom fighters or anarchists. And she tells him that you, you've, you're not showing people the actual news. You're uh, basically showing people what you want them to see, and it, it's all lies. Not unlike the real she news, sort of. Yeah, she sort of flips as well. She goes from. She sort of goes a bit hard, you know, switches from the, the yeah, like sort of bubbly she's been playing and uh, more of the hardened commando that she she actually really is. Points a gun at points a gun at uh, Simon Pegg's character, the editor, and just bursts out laughing. Yeah, he just laughs and uh, tells her that uh, the real boss is up there, the editor in chief. So I'm going to have to refer this upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> but stuff like that's what I mean when you can tell he's having fun with it. Like he's yeah. He's sort of being tongue and cheekish, but not too tongue and cheekish. It becomes a parody. He sort of he, he sort of nailed his performance, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And then the poor Suki gets killed somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's all done off screen, so yeah. you don't really know what what really happens to her, do do you? But sometimes that's to death. sometimes that's better, you know, because your imagination can sort of run wild that's with true. you. What what could have happened to her? And then I think the next scene we see uh, we see Adam trying to look for information, isn't he? He's hoping to send it home and, and do the classic sort of biff thing where he can. 
cheaters way well not in the future but cheaters way to the in the present using future information perhaps trying to say he's invented something or or what have you yeah uh well this is one of the points i was going to bring up um he's um was originally supposed to be researching a cure for arthritis because his dad suffered from it ah, and the right. original draft of the story apparently and uh, it's kind of it's a two a double-edged sword because it would have made him a little bit more interesting but perhaps a bit too sympathetic yeah the ending would have seemed really cruel I think if that's what he'd been doing yeah uh, like it makes it it makes it like the doctor's justifications are a bit more the doc, what the doctor does to him at the end of the episode works a bit more when he was just being selfish yeah definitely and especially when you consider the next episode as well like that would have looked really like well hang on like <laughs> mm. you know you but yeah, uh, so that's originally what he was supposed to be researching, but they changed it just to, uh, they changed it to, he was just trying to get ahead of computer science, basically. Yeah. Um, we have the doctor asking, asking, asking about the space station, he wants to know why, why is there no aliens here? It's all, it's all humans and Kafka hasn't really got a, a decent answer for this. Because we it's didn't have like she... the budget for the costumes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, all, it's, uh, it's almost like she's never really noticed up until this point the, the doctor's asked. And then he, said, he goes on about how this is wrong and uh, it should be the fourth bountiful empire and you've been stunted and held back about 90 years. And then he asks Kafka, how long has uh, the satellite been broadcasting anyway? And she sort of says, ooh. 91 years and the and the penny sort of starts to drop for her at that point yeah that's when she starts like sort of questioning things she had a kind of interesting character arc on this i guess like she goes from being sort of like just obedient never questioned anything to like the more the doctor points out the more she starts to think like yeah yeah maybe like yeah. i guess it's one of the more interesting things in this episode anyway <laughs> yeah definitely and another sort of more interesting aspect is Adam's little arc here, he's, as he's trying to get into the computers, they, they sort of shut him out, so he ends up uh, he ends up somehow wandering round, doesn't he, to like a, a medical sort of centre kind of Floor thing. Floor 16, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that, that last in the last scene it said, like, she got her chip installed on Floor 16. So Floor 16 is established as like a sort of medical uh, like a so, sort yeah. of medical place. So he meets like a a doctor slash nurse. Um, I'm sure I recognised her first when I was watching this as well. You know. Yeah, yeah. She's been on various things. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of her name now as we're we're talking, but it won't come to me. She is the woman in black books. Yes, she she is. Yeah. I can't think of anything else, but. <laughs> So I think she might have been in Green Room if you ever saw that. Like a offbeat comedy medical. Um, Tasman Greg. That's it. I'm I not too sure in, I'm pronouncing her correct. Well. I think. Yeah, um, she's one of those British actresses that pops up in all sorts of things. She's in the scene where um, it's where like Sean's band of survivors meet another band of survivors and they all like walk past each other. That's it, yeah. And uh, like each person, like the walk past is someone who they've acted with in like a comedy show. So like, uh, 
yeah, I can't think of the one off the top of my head. I, I, I'd imagine um, the guy who plays uh, the guy in Black Books walks past her because they've been together in that show, would be my assumption, but I don't know. Yeah, probably. As I say. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched it. Getting but, off topic. Uh, sorry. Yeah. But anyway, she convinces him to get the chip type 2 um, implanted into his head, so to speak. Um he says, oh, I don't know if I can afford that. And she looks at his credit stick, and apparently the doctor's given him unlimited credit. So that's a bit of a bonus, isn't it? It is that, but it's his undoing in the end. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I don't know. He tries to talk himself out of it. He says, oh, I don't know if we've got time. She says, oh, the procedure only takes about 10 minutes. Yeah. No scarring. He tries to talk himself out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, then while he's having that done, do you find out like the doctor and Rose don't exist on um Yeah, he's trying computers? to <laughs> trying to find out who they are, so I'm a Peg's editor and yeah what do you mean don't what does it the computer keeps saying something, doesn't it? I've forgotten what it was now, but it keeps repeating it. They don't exist. Is that what it just says? Yeah, that's it. I think it is I uh, no one. They can't quite understand that, and he's like, "Well, you know what we do to people who don't exist? We promote them." Oh, he says that like a game show catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, come on down. In <laughs> <laughs> the doctor was trying to hack into the um the the mainframe and the yeah, yeah the, the schematics of the of the yeah. Uh, satellite and he notices that there's a, a finds out why it's so hot he notices all the heat's coming down from floor 500 which seems very odd to him so uh, he, he asks yeah, about something to do with the turbines and yeah the doctor doesn't buy that explanation and... um so he wants to Get up to four five hundred. Uh, Kafka's telling him he can't. You need special keys and codes, and he starts sort of trying to hack in to find out. And he gets a he gets given a code, and she's and Kafka's like, "Well, how did you get that?" And you sort of see it from Simon Pegg's perspective, looking through a monitor. And he says, "Well, someone up there must like me." And Simon Pegg just laughs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they make their way up to uh, four or five hundred. We see Adam and his chip, he has it installed. Yeah. Uh, he asks, how, he asks how to activate it. Yeah. And, you and can, she says, you can whistle, she says, it's a personal choice. It's just a sort of someone who activates it by singing, oh, Danny boy. Yeah, for now you're on default settings. It's just a click of the finger. Which remember that, right. folks, that that comes in at the end of the episode. I can't see a click of a finger without thinking of Infinity War now as well. It's just <laughs> yeah. hard. It's just hard. I don't know. Whenever I see one now, it's just like, oh god, you've ended the world, Sean. What have you done? If it would stop this episode, then I'd quite gladly take it. You say this, like, you, one minute you're defending it, saying, oh, it's not that bad, and then the next minute you're saying, end the episode. Let your mind yeah. up. It's, 
it's got like it tries and it's got bits that like it, it's never I think but it I think lies interesting you're such a doctor who fan you're trying to convince yourself the episode's better than it is that's that's I think what i right. think i think you probably hit the nail on the head <laughs> it's just boring <laughs> it, is very, it is very by the numbers i mean i'm sorry this boring as... at this god bless you <laughs> we'll soldier on we will we will Try try to stay awake, people. If you if you're struggling to go to sleep, stick this podcast on, and uh, you, you'll be nodding off within ten minutes. Adam, at one point, I did want to make Adam throws up, and it's like they've implanted. Yes, yeah, so I was going to get to that. The the vomit omatic for free. Like termites in his throat or something. That like, nano yeah, something vom- like nanomites or something that that frees the vomit. I don't that know. That just sounds any... horrible to me. It does, but I suppose it's less messed to clean up after a night out. Imagine you could just keep on drinking and spew up a little cube rather than a big mess on the bed or wherever you might vomit and, you know, pops through. I guess. I I feel like the choking hazard goes up, though. That's true. (laughs) That's true. It's never never pleasant when you're... There's there's less mess. Choked to death, but at least there was less mess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so going forth because <laughs> we're all on the edge of our seat. Yeah, we we, we, we certainly are. Uh, this is brilliant stuff. The, the doctor and Rose end up upstairs, and they Simon do. Pegs. Yes, Simon <laughs> Pegg's there to greet them. They have like a bit of back and forth, and then. Doctor tries to walk out, and then Simon Pegg's like, nah, you ain't going nowhere. And then <laughs> uh, we see the Jagrafest, the mighty Jagrafest of the Holy Hydrographic Max Arathophone. That's it. I can he say Jagrafest. I can, yeah, I call him Max for short. And also in this, we, we'll flip to scenes of um, Adam getting, you know, doing the information dump like Kafka uh, did near the beginning of the episode. But it's also working yeah. both ways. We find out that the editor is actually reading his mind and finding out information about the Doctor because he suddenly says, so you're a Time Lord. Yeah, and in all seriousness, it is worth pointing out that the, the reason that they hadn't, Simon Pig hadn't killed him yet is because they wanted to know who they were in case they were like, you know, representing yeah. some sort of organisation or thing. And then the Doctor said, well, I'm not going to tell you that because I don't think he's more alive. And, um, yeah, he's got the Jekyll Fest there, which perhaps makes him feel a bit more secure that he's there to intervene if uh, something goes wrong. Hubris was his undoing. Exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, like you say, Adam uh, snaps and just tries to download information on computers. And the doctor sort of works out that the whole point of floor 500 is like a life support for the Jagrafest, keeping it cool and sending the excess heat down to the lower floors. I don't understand why you need the Jagrafest in this episode, to be honest. You could have just had Zion Peg as the main villain and saved some of the budget. Yes, it's. Um, I suppose he just felt they needed some sort of alien presence, I guess. It's a grotesque sort of thing, isn't it? Sort of 
all teeth and slime. Yeah, it's I'm inspired a... by a shark. I wrote that down. Ah, That's right. something I wrote cool. down. <laughs> it is pretty. Yeah. It is pretty hideous. I think the further away you can get from a human likeness with uh, aliens and monsters, the sort of more creepy and disturbing. It's a very, it's a very alien alien. Mm. If the doctor's a very human alien, the joke fences very well. And that Catherine sneaks upstairs as well. Finally yes. gives into a curiosity. And he sort of hears what they're on about and then decides to sneak back down to uh, to sort of save the day, really, doesn't she? But she but she doesn't go back down, she goes into that room where all of those bodies are. Ah, that's uh, it, yeah, that, sorry. That Catholic that Catholic um, Suki had found earlier and uh Disen- disengages the safety this time. And I, I don't really know what she does. I mean, I think she I think where she's in where she's in control of the computer, she like takes off the um like turns off the access to floor one six nine so that you can't keep reading Adam's mind. That's it. Because yeah, of, because Simon Pegg also threatens to steal the TARDIS as well. That is also quite a That's true, yeah. I've got a TARDIS now, so uh Yeah, and there is actually quite a good line in all in all things, as much as I'm ragged on the episode where he <laughs> just like the doctor says, you'll never get your hands on it. I'll die first. You're gonna die all your life. I don't need you. I've got the key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is quite a quite a good smart ass comeback. Yeah. And she rewrite reroutes all the heat. Yes, she does. Yeah, re- basically reverses it, doesn't she? So uh, so it kills the Jagrafest because she was there when the doctor was explaining about the, the life support system scenario, so uh, it sort of tells her what to do. <laughs> She's clearly paying more attention to him than I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and all the security starts going haywire, and I think Billy's able to sort of get free, isn't she? I think during like, some of the explosions that are going on, it damages their manacles, and then she manages to break out, and then she gets the screwdriver. <laughs> and again... Just quite funny bit where he gets the screwdriver because what do I do? You can flick the switch. Yeah. <laughs> that is quite funny. And they get away. Um Simon Pegg but Simon Pegg doesn't are about to go wrong and he looks up and goes, if it's all the same to you, I'm going to resign. But Suki must have kept something of herself because uh, she grabs his leg yeah, and stops him from uh, getting away. Yep, and then the Jagrafest goes boom. Exactly. It's a quite a, quite a mess, I should imagine. It's quite convenient as well, because if you'd fallen asleep by this point, then the bang would wake you up. So. <laughs> That's pretty much true. And it sort of ends quite quickly from there, doesn't it? The Doctor's like, uh, well, I don't like the clean-up, so uh, we're just going to get on. And he's accosting Adam, isn't he? For being, I don't think Adam knows that the Doctor knows he's got this type chip, type uh, two chip, chip at type this two. point. Well, and, he, do, well he does. Uh, because that's how he. That's how Adam was able to steal the whole. Yeah, the Doctor does. The Doctor does know, but I don't think Adam realizes he knows. Oh yes, of course. Because he's sort of he's trying to be quite coy and lie about it, isn't he? Anything else you Anything else you need to tell me? Oh no, but that's yeah. the that's the that's the phone message. That's what that's in reference to. And he's calling him stupid. And uh... there's a nice. I mean, there is a nice detail uh, of how when the um, when the TARDIS is on floor one six nine, you can see the wood's been affected by the heat because it was meant to be really hot. 
nice detail, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't sort of, you don't see the, uh, the TARDIS materialise or anything, do you? They sort of just walk in the TARDIS and then the next thing they're walking out of the TARDIS and they're in Adam's living room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to throw me over an airlock. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he really yeah. is. He really is very miffed at Adam for messing around with, trying to mess around with time and doing that to himself. And he said, "You could have altered the, you could have altered the future if you'd have got, you know, if anyone had got hold of this information you put on your phone." So he that destroys the phone completely, doesn't he? Blows it up. Which, in fairness, he the, could um, have just wiped. He could have just wiped the tape or whatever. But uh, he's angry. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna blow it up. <laughs> Um, there's a bit where, um, I mean, the Doctor's reaction here, to be fair, is quite important for informing his actions in the next episode. Yes. So I'll give it that at least. He doesn't. It does sort of. He doesn't look kindly on people who interfere with uh, time. Well, not like he does it all the time. Not yeah, not like well, he he tries. He he's sort of doing it for the betterment of. Well, yeah, he's he from He knows the rules and he knows what he can and mm. can't do. Whereas other people, he's not trying to do something from his own benefit. Like say he's invented some sort of new computer system or or something before it before it comes out. Because that's what basically Adam's trying to do, isn't it? He's trying to patent something as his idea to become rich. Or that's the impression I get, anyway. Yeah, it's quite a cold ending for Adam, really. Where he just gets but, abandoned this thing in his head and the doctor says yeah and you're gonna have to live a very mundane average life now <laughs> yeah because otherwise uh, you'll be uh, taken away and dissected if they see uh, your head opening up which is probably very it's true so in my opinion if the doctor's so worried about history changing if someone did lock him up and dissect him they'd find that and that would probably change history so <laughs> yeah but he, he knows that adam's not gonna want that to happen so uh, i don't think he's too concerned he could always nip back and sort some out if it happens. But uh, um, and so anyway. ends Adam. You are you are really good in the first episode you were in, and you're just very mundane in the next one. <laughs> well, he is like a scientist, so I suppose he is going to be a curious type of person. But yeah, yeah, they, um, said it, they had the potential for a more. <laughs> Not necessarily complex, but a character with better motivations. And if he'd been lo- if he'd been looking for a cure for arthritis, it would have been at least been a bit more sympathetic. It's like, well, all right, yeah, I understand why you mm. did this. But then, like I said, it would have made the ending really cool. You think like, if the Doctor had just completely abandoned him and cut him off because he was trying to like make his dad like better? When, you, when you were doing your research, did you see it? Was he was he only ever meant to be in two episodes, or did they have ideas of having him? Around a bit longer, yeah, not, and they just realised he wasn't fitting in. Because sometimes not that, that happens. I came across. Um, two episodes would be a bit hard to judge. That to be fair, especially when you're not like, it's not like you can look at the ratings for for that episode and then change it on the fly. If you know what I mean? They never caught all of the season together, so it's like. I think it's more. I think it was more. He was just intended for two episodes. But anyways, his mum gets back from home and. Uh, she, she realised Adam's there and she hasn't seen him for six months, so she's really excited to see him. Um, the Doctor and Rose uh, leave quietly. Well, as quietly as they can, she can hear the TARDIS. Right, going, well, what's, that, what's that noise? Have you, have you left the back door open? Oh, it was a bit of a draft. 
and she walks in. She goes, oh, look at you. It's, um, it's been six months, but the time's gone just like that. And she clicks her fingers, and uh, you see the horrified look on her face as his head opens up. <laughs> That's what happens in Van Staten's museum, apparently. <laughs> so Christ knows how he's going to explain that to his mother. And uh, yeah, oh, the episode ever. ends. <laughs> Mercy. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he ever needs like brain surgery or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, oh, uh, it, is... it's not what it looks like. <laughs> This is this is the worst episode of the season so far, quite easily. I would say so. Yeah, not not. I mean, we've only been recorded for forty minutes. Normally, we go uh, way over an hour, but not a lot really happens. It's a very by the numbers sort of episode, really. Yeah, it, it's like end of the world, but end of the world at least has like a like some better side characters and a. a a more, it's just still a more interesting plot, I would say, because there's a bit of a mystery to it. And... Yeah, um, it does. It, it is referenced back to in the, the season finale, though, isn't it? Um, yes, that, that's why, what the, title the, of the episode refers the, to. In fairness, why the Jag, why the Jaguar Fest is uh, in place and and whatnot, but we'll we'll get to that when we uh, we get to it. I'm quite looking forward to the the two final episodes because they are very good. Yeah, even might, I, enough, I think to... the first part might be more interesting to talk about than the second part. Yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly. I do because I do like what they do with that. But as I say, we'll uh, we'll get we'll get to that when we uh, when we get to it. But yeah, that's that's a long game, and it's quite as I was saying before we started recording, quite aptly titled because it does feel quite a quite a long episode because not a great oh, deal yes. of excitement uh, happens. If you're listening to this and you didn't make it to the end, well, you wouldn't be able to hear what I'm saying now, but then <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you did switch off, I don't blame you. This, was, this wasn't a particular... And if, you, and if you did make it to the end, what are you doing? Yeah. You need to reevaluate <laughs> Thank you. your life. No, Thank you. No, not really. <laughs> we, we, appreciate, we appreciate you hanging in. Yeah, next week's Father's Day. That's, uh, that's a lot to talk about in that episode. I have sort of noticed a, um, a bit of a correlation there, though, with the the episodes that have the bigger budget, and then you know, yeah, they, they probably have to uh, be careful of the budget. So if they spend a lot of money one episode, they've got to come up with an episode that's going to be a lot cheaper, I imagine. Well, this is what I'm saying. I think I think Doctor Who has a tendency to hide behind its budget when it's got one, so it'll just try and impress you with like special effects that were impressive for the time. But now, say when you look back, it's like, well, the effects aren't even that good, and now you've just got to like buy the numbers story. So, but yeah, um, it's. Uh... I don't know. It's 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 a, it's an episode, and there you have it. It is that. <laughs> if there's one thing that can be said about it, it's that it is an episode of Doctor Who. And I mean, don't get me wrong. As much as if you haven't seen it, it's probably worth watching once. Like, yeah, it's it's worth watching because like you've got the I won't say I won't say arc, but you got the you got the thread running through the series of the Bad Wolf stuff and whatnot, which uh, it all sort of comes together and makes sense in the 
the season finale. So uh, yeah, it's like, but like I said, don't necessarily put it on in the background if you're doing something else. That's probably the best way I could describe this episode. Yeah, it's not one if you go to nip to the loo, you're not gonna miss a a massive amount of interest. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I've got to say. Follow. Yeah, yeah, it's basically unfortunately all I've got for this one, but. As I say, the next few episodes will will have a lot more to say. So uh, yeah, stay I, tuned. I really stay tuned for those. They are the good only episodes. one that might be the only one that might be a bit of. I don't even necessarily want to call it dud. Is the Boomtown one, but I enjoy yeah, it. Like, it's, it's, got, it's a bit of a it is a bit of a slower episode, but uh, it, it's got fun it's stuff not, with Mickey, yeah. Captain Jack, in it, and there's some good like character beats and like yeah, it's it, it, it's better than this. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Captain Jack's got a bit of a presence about him that brings a bit more oomph and entertainment. Yeah, I look forward to his introduction. But for now, we shall sail off into the time vortex. And <laughs> yeah, um, we also you can don't forget you can find us at Rogue underscore Opinion on the Twitter and uh, Instagram. We've got uh, some. Great episodes up. Um, Nathan's joining Jimmy and Scott to review Unforgiven 99. And what a show that is. I mean, you've got Kennel in a Hell. So make sure you tune into that. Hopefully we'll have some football pods up soon with Nathan and Raul. Um, yeah, the list is endless um, of what yeah, we've got going on. Yeah, yeah no, hopefully, hopefully on... Um, We'll be recording that sometime today, which is Monday. So that that could be up before this or after this. So I'm not too sure. But yeah, me and Nathan will be if it hasn't um, gone up by the time people are listening to this. Talking total, yeah. Me and Nathan will be talking total divas, which Nathan actually really enjoyed, and I wasn't really that keen on. So that should be an interesting recording. I mean, it's fair to say. I think when he says he enjoyed it, it comes. It, I think he came across as it's so bad, it's good. I don't think he found it as a. <laughs> I don't know. I can't honestly tell. So hopefully, I'll get to the. I'll be getting to the bottom of this. Uh, well, if that's not a reason to listen, I don't know what is. So yeah, make sure you tune in to find out if Nathan really does think it's great or it's just so good it's bad. Great. Who who knows? But I remember him saying that. Oh, this is great and. Absolutely nobody responded to him. <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody's like, I don't know what to say to this. Don't want to hurt I, Nathan's feelings, I've, but I've what is he on about? <laughs> like the, the, I don't know if it's in that episode, or that it might be total bars, but it's like the, the John Cena house rules. I think that's the sort of classic clip everyone's seen. Yeah, I think that is more total bellas, to be honest. I'm not saying there isn't things in to, uh, Total Divas that aren't enjoyable, but. Uh, Overall, <laughs> what we've discovered though, is that Total Divas is more interesting than the long game. It is. That is the sad part. The long game needed Nikki Bella. That's what. That's what the long game needed. Bella's <laughs> But anyway, yeah. That, that See you it. later. Goodbye from us. Yeah!